0: Fueled by Temperance Spirits, Edmonton's leading non-alcoholic beverage provider. Order online for doorstep delivery. Welcome back to Game Over Edmonton, your local leader in post-game Oilers analysis. In this episode, it's fueled by Temperance Spirits, the city's leading non-alcoholic beverage provider. Visit Temperance online for a curated section of non-alcoholic options. Choose from a variety of craft beers, mocktails, wines, and spirits. Temperance isn't just a retailer. It's a community of Edmontonians who celebrate the spirit of socializing without the need for alcohol. And with Temperance Spirits online shop, ordering your favorite non alcoholic bevies right to your door is as easy as Connor scoring the winning goal. You can find our partners at Temperance online at www.temperance-spirits.com for delivery to your door and use the code SDPN for 10% off your order at checkout. And give them a follow on Instagram and Facebook at temperance spirits welcome back tonight Oilers fans to another W and that you can make that eight wins in a row for the Edmonton Oilers my name is Dennis Lee you're watching game over Edmonton before we get started tonight with the game want to take a very special moment to thank you all for watching first and foremost it's a late game uh, obviously uh 8 p.m puck drop or 8 17 ish puck drop that's awful schedule wise uh espn had it covered today every time the american market started it's a super super late night but i wanted to thank you all for watching game over edmonton after the nhl game and I want to extend uh, a congratulations over to our other host on the podcast, Zach Wheel. He has done his semester. Congratulations to him. It's been a, a long and arduous struggle. I know uh, to you guys, probably just looking at the, the videos, it's hard to tell, but he's he's been having a tough year this semester, and uh, I'm so glad that he's able to to get through it all. Congrats to him. Much needed rest. Also, I see some some names in chat. MGD, uh, Shaden, MT Grim. Great. Good to have you here. It's, it's amazing to have you here on a, a late night. It's 10.49 to start the show. But let's get right into it because we do have a lot to talk about tonight. This was billed as a a Connor versus Connor, right? This was Bedard versus McDavid. Chicago comes to Edmonton for the first time. And honestly, this game should have been a stomp, right? You look at where these teams are. Chicago coming into this 9 17 and 1. Eighth in the central. Meanwhile, you have a surging Edmonton team, seven wins in a row, going from bottom of the Pacific, bottom of the league. And now they're just inching closer and closer with this win in the pocket tonight. They're 13, 12, and 1. All of a sudden, they're one point out of a wild card spot. And if you look at who's guarding the gate. It's nothing that you have to be scared of, Oilers fans. We have Arizona and Nashville holding the two wildcard spots. Obviously, Pacific, It's, it's a tight conference in that top three. The Oilers right now are a very, very comfortable fourth in the Pacific. I don't foresee us cracking that anytime soon, but you never know. You look at how the season started. You look at where we are now. We have Coach Knoblock in the mix. And all of a sudden, it looks like, as it was mentioned earlier in chat by MG, MT Grimm, we're going to win our remaining games. Like This team is on an absolute heater. And when I mentioned that this should have been a blowout, this should have been absolutely dominant by the Oilers, it didn't turn out that way. I mean, the the first things first, we went down 0 and 1 so early. Props to Connor Bedard. The kid is amazing. Like that shot early, well, relatively early into the first period, it looked like a nothing burger, right? And and those aren't guys, those aren't defenders that are rookies. They're not guys that are, you know, completely completely just letting people walk over them. It was Bouchard and Eckholm and Bizar- Bedard zips this shot, just a quick backhand forehand, so fast on Skinner. If you're not watching the game actively every time Bedard had the puck on his stick, you you could very much just look up next time and it's already in the back of the net. Like, Connor Bedard is amazing, but don't get it twisted. This is an... Oilers podcast McDavid he ain't taking this sitting down right very much so in the first period you could see McDavid ramp up that intensity and if you're a little bit older like I am you'll remember when McDavid first got into the league it It was tough, like even though you have a generational player, if you don't have guys around him, you are not going to be able to produce. Luckily for McDavid, he has those guys now, and early, early on, in retaliation for the Bedard goal, he just draws up all the attention, soaks it all up from the Chicago defenders, and zips it over to Nuge, who, again, another first overall pick don't forget he went first overall uh nudes just in super tight and gets a shot up high over morazic really really solid play and honestly the rest of the first period was kind of a snoozer right you you had a little bit from felino um i think all of Chicago's offense I think all game came from Bedard and Felino. like those guys were all that they could muster but you see that when you have an Oilers roster that is a little bit deeper that small difference pushes it over the edge and at the end of the first period Gagne Sam Gagne Another Oilers first round draft pick slams home a Derek Ryan pass uh, after Kulak of all people. I mean, Kulak is, I'm a fan now. He's just got the Jets going. He he had a great playoffs. He had the Jets going this, he had the, the Jets going on this game. He drove so deep behind the net and just fished, and held that puck until Derek Ryan could get that pass over to Gagne in front of the net. And that mirrored very much so the last Derek Ryan goal against the Devils, right? Gagne and Ryan, they seem to have this awesome chemistry. And they're 34 and 36. I don't know if Derek Ryan's 36, 37. They're old, old timers, right? When we first signed Derek Ryan and when we first signed Sam Gagne, well, third, third time we signed Sam Gagne, we always thought this is such a downgrade, right? Look at the wheels on these guys. They're, they're dead. They're shot. How are these mid 30 year olds going to be able to play at an NHL pace? Damn, they're proving us all wrong. Derek Ryan and Sam Gagne are just finding this chemistry and they're able to find each other on the ice they're both gritty determined veterans you saw later on in the game Derek Ryan got crushed against those sort of partitions uh, in between the benches oh that was that was hard to see But I've seen it in the past. And Derek Ryan, no matter how much you crush the guy, no matter how badly he gets thrown in the ice, he somehow gets up, looks around, shakes it all off, and he's good to go on the next shift. Uh, Riley in chat, great to see you, my friend. Gagne goals really light up the dopamine centers of my brain. Bro, it's been like that since 07. Gagne goals are just, I think, if you look at oil country... Outside of the big three, right? Outside of McDavid, Seidel, and probably Hyman. Or, sorry, Nuge. Out of the, outside those guys, Gagne goals have to be just like mm, pure dopamine rush. Just an incredible amount of, of hype to all of oil country. And it's great to see him come back on this third stint with the Oilers and still produce this hard. Now, I mentioned the hit That takes us into the second period. DR gets crushed. And honestly, I think this is when you saw the fire in Edmonton, right? The first period, Chicago outshot them 14-8. to Really early goal by Bedard. And then two goals in response. But Edmonton battled back, right? And now, you saw in the second period, Kane... Just taking a couple of slappers. Fogel, Drysidle, and Janmark, after a little shift, a demotion of Brown and Kane, Drysidle just lit it up, right? He was incredible. They were bumping. They were shoving each other around. They were able to get quite a few opportunities until... The dry sidle pass for the 3-1 goal goes off of Zaitsev's stick, and Nikita Zaitsev just does not have a whole lot of luck. Mickinator in chat, Travis in chat, great to see you all again. Uh the Oilers win against a team that they should, Mickinator? Absolutely. That has happened far too many times in the past where you see the Oilers come into a game that they should win and just sleep on the other team they're just like "Ah, you know what we can win this not a problem and they get absolutely crushed they get dominated and every all the signs looked like it would be a trap game right it we had a, a Chicago team that's missing Seth Jones all of a sudden. They're missing uh, Taylor Hall. They're missing Corey Perry. They're missing... Well, Corey Perry's gone. <laughs> but they're missing guys that should be producers and game changers on their team. Now they're just stuck with an 18-year-old Connor Bedard, and all that he can do is, is try and tread water. After the 3-1 goal, you could see just a pure deflation by the Blackhawks, I mean Donato, very frustrated he just, <laughs> it's such a blatant slash on DeHarnay. I have no idea why he thought that was a good idea even if you slash DeHarnay's stick out of his hands the shot's already coming from the point and DeHarnay is just a 6 foot 2 monster <laughs> you're not gonna, taking the stick out of his hands is not gonna stop him really from blocking the shot with his body, so That led to the first power play of the game. But just kidding. The refs know with the way that the Blackhawks penalty kill is, well, their special teams in general, and how incredible the Oilers power play is, getting special teams into the mix would not make any sense. So three seconds, I think, after that first power play call, Hyman gets called for a trip on the face-off dot. I mean, it, it, it was a bit of a tie-up. Yeah, but it's the face-off dot, right? Like, I think it's, uh, it's a penalty, sure. But I think it was a little bit weak. All in all, goes to 4-on-4 four four immediately. And at this point, the game's almost or sorry the second period is almost ending anyway so it felt like one of those hey you know you get one i get one it's game management we're not going to get the special teams involved because that's going to be a one-sided affair but zaitsev again (laughs) he has to hook this incredible play from mcdavid he was just flying in uh mcdavid earlier on that play as well took a, a excellent defensive play took took the puck f- off of Connor bedard on the 4v4 and the Oilers go back to the power play but period ends it's the third period ton of penalties start expiring But the Oilers still have one on the Zaitsev penalty. They make it count. Zach Hyman. So glad I took him today in the pool. Uh, Zach Hyman was all alone in the crease. And McDavid, you know he's going to try his best to have a good night. And with that assist, Hyman has 16 goals on the game or 16 goals on the season, his first of the game. McDavid extends to a 10-game point streak. And my God, 4-1, you could see that the game was over. The Oilers controlled the rest of the game. Bit of a snoozer of a third period, honestly. Uh, There was a couple of chances. I mean, I'm liking what I see from Fogel, Dreisaitl, and Janmark if we th- if we went back a little bit just earlier this season and we saw that Fogel and Janmark was playing with Drysdale you would think something's horribly wrong right you would think oh man there's a ton of injuries kane's out brown is definitely not producing which he still isn't but you would have thought this is a this is a nightmare fogel and janmark with settle but i really liked that combination i think in particular, Fogel and Dreisaitl. Fogel really has surprised me this season. He's done so, so well with anyone you kind of pair him with. He did well with McLeod. He did well with Dreisaitl. He's done well when he's needed to on those weird chances with McDavid. Um, honestly, marks there as a bit of a stopgap. He's 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 a filler we'll move on from him. He got a three point uh, night the other night and he he hasn't been bad. So I won't rag on him for a whole lot longer, but I really liked seeing that. I liked how Knobloch, even though in the past he has said that he would like to keep lines relatively stable, let people develop chemistry. He isn't afraid to demote people. He saw Connor Brown not having a good game Uh, later on. Connor Brown would have two chances, shorthanded. He would have another one on another penalty kill with Yanmark, uh, like a two-on-one shorthanded, and flubbed all of them. Right, Connor Brown is just not having a good season. I mean, the the bounce back has not been there. But we've already passed the threshold of that ten uh, game bonus. He's going to get paid next semester or pff, next semester. <laughs> he's going to get paid next season. So you got to just hope at this point in time that Connor Brown finds it and has a resurgence. Evander Kane, it wasn't one of his best games, but he's had such a, a good season up until now. So this might just be a one-off it. You, you don't get a good night's sleep or something like that. You, you have a tough one. Uh, I'm, I'm getting a lot of, i'm getting a lot of comments about adam Ernie tying up zach don't you worry in case you missed it in the beginning uh zach is getting some much deserved r&r let's let's congratulate him again why the heck not uh congratulations zach for completing your semester i know it was a tough uh start to this season's game overs both on the ice and off the ice for you but congratulations you made it go enjoy some r&r uh swoosh with a good comment firing woodcroft was sadly a great decision yeah let's let's stop talking about the game because that that pretty much was everything notable let's transition a little bit i think it's so odd to say but yeah knoblock it might not have been a necessary coaching change in that I don't think he's much of a difference from Woodcroft. I don't think Woodcroft lost the room or anything. I think what happened, though, was Woodcroft was so key on doing things his way, right? With the defensive structure and some of that might be on Manson. Who knows? But they weren't playing Oilers hockey and they were losing Of course, PDO had something to do with it. A terrible tandem of Skinner and Campbell to start had something to do with it. But I digress, right? Woodcroft was sort of the problem in a roundabout way. Now that Knobloch's here, he's very much so allowed the Oilers to just play the way that they want to. And it's fast moving. A couple of minor tweaks you've noticed now how often that third forward swings down and when they're coming back, when they're getting into a defensive position before the puck has even left the zone, that gives a lot of confidence for the blue liners to push, to hold, to try and stop a puck before it gets out of the offensive zone. They don't have to worry about getting caught flat-footed and uh, an odd man rush going back the other way. So a minor tweak like that I'll credit it to Knobloch or to Mr. Coffee, as Kinosaurus has said. Paul Coffee, again, someone who has no coaching experience, but is a legendary defenseman. He's done a great job. I mean, so many of us thought that you stick Paul Coffee there. He's more of just a spy for the higher ups, perhaps, but no he has been very instrumental in instilling confidence onto the defensive core. How many times now have we seen Cody Cece pinching Cody Cece trying to get in deep. He's got a couple of shots on net. You've seen Eckholm be able to activate a lot more. Obviously that has helped Bouchard's game immensely. And speaking of Bouchard, this is his 12th game now with a point. Um, he's he's among some royal company bouchard actually he has reached 30 points off of that second assist and um that it took him 26 games that is amongst the record for oilers defenseman oh, he's among paul Coffey, who has done it in 22 23 24 something like that i uh I saw it on Twitter. (laughs) Apologies for not being able to source it for you. But Paul Coffey and Evan Bouchard hold some records for reaching 30 points. Minimum games required to reach 30 30 points. That is amazing company. And Bouchard, honestly, he's having such a good season. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets quite a few nominations. Um, I'm I'm hoping if he gets Norris, then... it's it's tough to say right offensive defenseman you see them winning the Norris a lot and I would love it if he did because that means he'd had a very productive season but he is on this bridge contract right he's he's still signed for one more year if you have Bouchard playing the way he is his next contract is going to be such an upgrade and he's going to make so much bank but We'll see. Bouchard for the Norris. If it happens, I'm all for it. Uh, The other thing that's been coming up, and we can talk about this as well. The All-Star Game got announced. Uh, Obviously, we already knew it wasn't going to be in Toronto. But the skills competition got announced today. We got a lot of details there. And last year, Skinner was able to go to the All-Star Game what's to say that Bouchard won't be able to join Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl this year? Uh, Talking about the skills competition with the information that just came out a little bit earlier during the game, the NHL apparently contacted Connor McDavid and said, Hey, you are the best player in the NHL. What do you actually think is entertaining? What is a, a way to spice up the skills competition? Because, it's been kind of a snooze fest, and I'm sure the NHL didn't admit that, but they know the skills competition is nothing like the NBA skills competition, right? This is such a snooze fest year in and year out. So, Connor McDavid, I don't know where he contributed, but the format is looking a lot better. And here are some of the things yeah, I'm going to nerd out a little bit. It reminds me a lot about eSports competitions, particularly the grassroots ones, you know, if you are unfamiliar with eSports, right? there are oftentimes these side events, little little things that you play on the side, sometimes there's prize money, sometimes there's not. and those are so incredibly hype for the NHL skills competition, first things first, they've added a one million dollar prize for the winner of the skills competition immediately. You're going to at least get some buy-in from the players, right? I'm not going to show up and just be embarrassed for free, right? I always re- run the risk of being embarrassed at the skills competition. So I'm not doing that for free. But hey, now there's a chance to win a million dollars. And who's going to say no to a million dollars? The events... Still a little bit boring in my opinion. They're still the fastest skater, hardest shot, stick handling, one-timers, passing challenge, and accuracy accuracy shooting. But here's the part where it gets interesting. So you go from 12 players down to an eight player. So a bit of an elimination. Already, you're getting a little bit more buy-in, right? If you squeak past into the top eight, then you get into the shootout. From there, the top six, if I remember, Six players, I think, will end up going into the final event, the obstacle course. I'm hoping that it adds a little bit of hype. Uh, I remember seeing things. If you're, if you're in the Smash community, I'm gonna go off on a little tangent. Sorry, if pure NHL fans, if you're, if you're not interested in the other stuff, skip into the next segment. Um, there are things like Iron Man. There, there are things like. Um, crew battles there are things where you are taking little side events attaching a small dollar figure and most importantly adding pride to it i'm finding that if the nhl learns and adopts some of these things not only will they have more player buy-in because now there's money on the line but they also might get a little bit more crowd buy-in think about the storyline where if your player Got in and they were the eighth seed, right? How hype is it when you have a Cinderella story? Someone whose eighth seed gets into the final events, suddenly gets into the six seeds, suddenly wins the whole thing. Could you imagine? Just the stages of elimination will give a lot more hype to the event. Of course, it is still going to be in like February. In Toronto, it's winter. I mean, I don't know how many people will be that interested in going to watch live. I'm I'm iffy. In the past, I would have never watched the skills competition. Now, you know what? I might give it a go. They still have to fix the actual All-Star game itself, though. <laughs> like, let's be honest. There's, There's nothing entertaining about watching players not wanting to participate in a game and being forced to do it. So many players like Ovechkin just give me the penalty. I'll I'll just sit out for a game. Might not want to do that this year with the year he's having. But I digress. All in all, let's let's move on. I I, I had a little tangent there. All star break wise, it's going to be a good time to rest and recuperate. Obviously, the Oilers had a small amount of time to rest themselves, but now they're going to find themselves in the thick of it. Uh, there's a ton of games coming up on the schedule and if they're like this one oh boy it's gonna suck um we have tampa bay coming into town next and it's it's on thursday tampa bay then florida then the islanders which is not too bad but then the devils again and new york that uh, the the new york uh, trio are is going to be a road trip those are some intense teams. Tampa Florida, New Jersey, New York, right? They are going to be tight. And if if they manage to hold this winning streak, you know the target is going to be on their back. So, it might be a tough go for the Oilers in the next little bit. Can we get to 8 or sorry, can we get to 10 wins in a row? I don't know, but you know what? I'm happy because now we are over 500. There's some tough battles ahead, but you got to push through them eventually. Uh, this is going to be a solid test for the Oilers. Right now, we are one point out of the playoffs. Tampa Bay, that could be the time when the Oilers find themselves in a playoff spot for the first time this season. I'm hoping for it to happen. I mean, like, if you look at the trials and the tribulations that this team has had early on, uh, I I just wish nothing but the best for them. Um, if, if they're able to make it during this push, that's fine. If they don't, if they falter a little bit again and they start losing a couple of games... Guys, it's not the end of the world, right? We've now climbed into a position where we can afford to have a little bit of a downturn. Um, I'm hoping still through the rest of the season, we can win two out of every three games. But if there's a short, short stretch that happens, don't panic. Oilers fans, we are back. We are back in a big way. And and I'm, I'm hoping that they win on this trip. If they don't, so be it we'll look into the pacific again near the end of the year and uh, hopefully we'll be in a wild card wild card spot by then to end i wanted to jump in the press conference but while you guys are sending me some questions i am going to quickly talk about the situation down in bakersfield obviously it's not ideal you have jack campbell down there he's still battling he had a game today where they lost again by a score of 2 to 1. And Jack Campbell is is really floundering. There's there's no way that the Oilers should be even thinking about calling up Jack Campbell at this point because we've seen Calvin Pickard is able to hold his own. Jack Campbell against AHL opposition, I last I checked, I believe he's under 800. So that is incredibly difficult for the Oilers. You now have to, again, shop around for a buyer, which isn't going to come cheap to take Campbell's contract, or you're going to have to wait until the end of the season to buy him out, not to mention how painful it will be to have that dead money uh, during the years of McDavid and Dreisaitl. Broberg another person who was sent down to Bakersfield. I think it's a little bit of a different position for Broberg. He just needs ice time staying up here. It's not healthy for him, right? Even though Broberg is able to play both sides relatively competently, he's not getting past our current six. Vinny Deharnay has really been playing incredibly well this year and I don't see Broberg being able to steal that spot from him. So I think this was the right move sending him down. He's played three games already down in Bakersfield. And so far he's, he's been doing okay. He scored today's lone goal in Bakersfield, but that's it for the Bakersfield report. Let's get some questions in the post game presser. So Luke venerables. I hope I, hope I'm saying that last name correctly. Knowing how long it has been since the cup came to Canada, would you prefer your favorite American team won the cup or your most hated Canadian team? Luke, there is no way I am ever going to hope that Calgary wins a Stanley Cup. So I am going to go ahead and say forget it. If the Oilers are not in the playoffs, if the Oilers have been eliminated from the playoffs, the rest of Canada can drop off. I do not care. Just give it to an American team. I want to see the Oilers win the Cup, and that's it. No more other Canadian cities. The Oilers are going to be the one to break the drought. Sorry, Toronto fans. Uh, Ader <laughs> asks, how long do we have to keep Connor Brown before we bench him or send him to the minors? That's a tough one. at this point he's already going to be paid his bonus laden uh his contract his contract is bonus laden he's already gonna get paid three point something million next year so it at this point there's nothing you can really do you send him down to the miners you get very minor cap savings so unless you have someone who's lined up Maybe someone who's coming in at around that 1 million mark. Let's say there's a player in Detroit who's kind of suffering. He previously had a good run with Edmonton. If they're able to hold half, then he'd be in that around that 1 million range and we could make a trade work. I don't know. Unless something like that happens, sending him to the minors is just not going to work out. Instead, I think we would have to play him until he gets his groove or if he doesn't get his groove then I'm sorry, Connor Brown. You're just going to have to be a fourth liner. You're just going to have to figure out another way to contribute. Um, Let's do one last question. And MGD asks, do you get the Oilers to play Adam Ernie so that he lets Zach come back to game over with me? You know what? We joked last time. because Zach's internet, well, Last game I was with Zach. uh, We joked that he has been constantly uh, the victim of hit jobs from Adam Ernie. So, for Zach's sake... Nah, sorry, Zach. You're going to have to fend off those hitmen. I do not want to see Adam Ernie in an Oilers jersey again. I don't even want to see him at practice. Just send him down. I'm sorry. Adam Ernie, you are not an NHL quality player. Just... Send the hitman over to Zach. I have his address if you don't need, if you don't have it, um, (laughs) let me know. Zach, you gotta take this one for the team. (laughs) A surprise! Surprise visit from Avery Lewis McTougall 10 wins in a row and Dennis will make a lucky viewer breakfast in bed. Hey, I'm not a bad chef. You know what? I, if that's going to be a contest, uh, I'm going to have to ask the SDPN to up my pay grade a little bit because executive chef was not part of the contract. Uh, that is it for tonight's show, guys. 11 wins in a row and Zach drives you to work. Ooh, I don't know. I've never seen Zach drive. I'm hoping that he's he's a safe and responsible driver. But I digress. That's it for tonight's show. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, It's the first time I've done a solo show this year, so apologies if it was a little ram ramshot, if it was a little off. But next game we are going to be back with Zach and Dennis. It's going to be the dynamic duo in action again. It's Thursday when the Tampa Bay Lightning come to town, it's seven mountain time puck drop. Until then, click like, subscribe to the SDPN. If you like the show, please spread it amongst your friends. It's the quickest way for us to grow. And honestly, this is year two of game over. We couldn't be more happy of the fan base. I can't believe how many folks you're watching at eleven twenty-two p.m thank you so much for being here live asking the presser questions again if you like the show follow us on twitter i'm dennis lee at yeg avery is at avery a-v-r-y very easy and at zach or z wheel 97 that's it for us tonight. Thank you so much for watching. And once again, for the eighth time in a row, play La Bamba baby! Good night! Game!